If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Scarlett Johansson because everyone tells me my voice sounds like hers. You're just like plowing through it. You know, it's like two straight days of reading the book out loud and you just kind of like embody it and absorb it. And it just feels like a journey. I love listening to audiobooks when I'm doing something unpleasant, like driving, even in traffic becomes fun. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet psychotherapist Whitney Goodman, CEO and founder of Ready Set, Yvonne Hutchinson, and Yale professor Zoe Chance. Listen in to hear Whitney Goodman on how to show up with your authentic self in a world obsessed with being happy. Yvonne Hutchinson on writing a compelling and personalized business book for dismantling workplace racism without fear. And Zoe Chance on the tools that change-minded people need in order to successfully become influencers. Hint, influence is not a meritocracy. It's a learned set of skills. Plus, hear what it was like for these authors to record their audiobooks. Enjoy. Hi, this is Whitney Goodman, author of Toxic Positivity, Keeping It Real in a World Obsessed with Being Happy. I wrote my book because I wanted people to embrace the full breadth of their emotions and be able to learn how to support each other better. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be fun. I really enjoyed the process and thought it was very interesting. I realized I had trouble pronouncing every researcher's last name and (laughs) words that needed an S on the end. I'm excited that listeners will be able to hear me reading the book and hear how I wanted this book to sound. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Scarlett Johansson because everyone tells me my voice sounds like hers. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was Local Woman Missing. It was a thriller, and I really enjoyed the tone and voice that was doing the reading. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in the car and on walks outside. And now listen to a clip from my audiobook. I would bet there are three potential reasons why you picked up this book. One, you've been impacted by toxic positivity and are sick of it. Two, you don't know what toxic positivity is, but you're intrigued. Three, you have no idea how positivity could possibly be toxic, and you're determined to find out what absolute blasphemy I'm spewing in this book. No matter what your reason is, I'm really glad you're here. Like many aspiring therapists, I got into the field for reasons I didn't fully understand at the time. I knew I liked helping people, and I was obsessed with learning about their stories. But I would later discover, through the help of my therapist, that I actually wanted to get into the profession because I thought if I learned everything about relationships and the human psyche, I could fix everyone I loved and never feel pain again. Hi, this is Wyvon Hutchinson, author of How to Talk to Your Boss About Race, Speaking Up Without Getting Shut Down. Essentially, this book is like half memoir, half instruction manual. 
I, like everybody else, last year was just sort of really moved by the outpouring of support for the Black Lives Matter movement and also really excited about the potential of, like, what could it mean if we actually, like, really did something in this moment to change things for not just Black people, but Black and brown folks everywhere. This book was my effort to kind of speak to that moment and to what to do after that. I don't like business books. I have a shelf full of business books that I don't read. And that's not because like I'm smarter than the authors. It's just it's a hard format for me to get into. So I wanted to write a book that felt interesting and compelling. And I noticed that when it comes to like the books on racism that I read that I really find engaging, because I do read a lot of those, the ones that I find really compelling are the ones where there's that personal narrative in it. And to be fair, like, that is my story. That's my story, the story of, like, navigating the professional space and my own failure and figuring out racism and how racism played a part and, like, how to stop ignoring it and how to engage with it and how to change places so that other people wouldn't have to go through what I went through. So I think that's why I wrote the book the way that I did. And I guess the final thing I could say is that I wanted it to be useful. You know, I didn't want it to sort of sit in this kind of like theoretical realm of like, what do you do about race? You know, like just hope it changes. I didn't want that. I wanted it to feel actionable and tangible for people and to give them hope that they could actually do something to make a difference. If I could describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be journey. Not the band, but the path. Like, it was like, it takes a while, and you're getting all of the book at the same time, and you're just, like, plowing through it. You know, it's like two straight days of reading the book out loud, and you just kind of, like, embody it and absorb it, and it just feels like a journey. You know, there were times where I was worried, does it sound too angry? Does it sound too harsh? And then there were times where it's like, I was struggling to tell my own personal story because it's still really painful for me. I cried. It was a journey. Is there a word or phrase that you realize you didn't know how to pronounce? A word or phrase? (laughs) No, there were several. There's some regional things, too. Like, I'm from the South, so I have what we call a pen-pin substitution. So, like, everything is, like, eh. I have a hard time pronouncing eh. So I say, like, then instead of then. A lot of stuff that I, at least my vocal teachers when I was in drama school, they tried to work out of me a long time ago. But that was an issue. And then, you know, it was really important to me. I really wanted to try to get names right. So I hope that I got everybody's name pronounced right. I did check these pronunciations, and we tried to get it right because, you know, as somebody who has a name that's not always pronounced right, you know, I think it's important. So those were the areas where we really focused on pronunciation. I am most proud of the fact that I made it through this narration. You know, it's actually really fun, so I shouldn't say that. If y'all want to do an audiobook, listeners, I would highly encourage you to do it. It's a beautiful experience. I think trying to make sure that I rode the emotional wave. And I don't know, like, this is presumptuous. I haven't heard the recording, but I hope it doesn't, like, sound, like, just flat and static the whole way through. I wanted a balance between, like, that tone and pacing that you need when somebody's, like, absorbing what you're saying in an audiobook format. But I also wanted to reflect the emotional journey that people took. My dream narrator, living or dead for this book. Okay, it's a tie because two people have passed, but one person's still alive. The first person is Maya Angelou. Like, I don't deserve her, but if she 
saw fit. Like, if she was like, you know, I'm like a brilliant, like, poet, whatever. But for some reason, Yvonne, your business book sounded so compelling. That would make my life. The same with Toni Morrison. She was like, you know, I write in a revelatory way about race, you know, but your 10 tips for businesses really gets me going. Oh my God, that would just crack me wide open. And if I were thinking about an actress, somebody who I just have idolized since I was a wee baby child, would be Angela Bassett because my goodness, does that woman have a presence. That woman could literally walk on screen, eat a potato chip, and walk off and not say anything, and you would be captivated. And I feel like she could do the same with an audiobook. She has just, like, such a silky, like, warm voice. It's like, gives everything this weight. Angela, if you're listening, you know, maybe the next one. The last audiobook that I listened to, well, I listened to a few before this one because I wanted to get it right. One that I really like was Ibram X. Kendi's How to Be an Anti-Racist. I really like that one. But you know who I also like? Malcolm Gladwell. I love his audiobooks because they just feel like really dynamic and they have interviews and they kind of test the medium. And I think that's really fun. My favorite place to listen? That is easy. If you listen to this book, you'll hear that, like, I love to walk my dog every morning. It's my favorite thing to do. I try to walk at least five miles a day, and most of that is with him. And I love to just, like, sort of walk down to the coffee shop, which is, like, maybe, like, a mile and a half away. And they have this cute little window. It's right next to, like, a cowboy hat store. They give him a treat. I'll get my coffee. And and then we walk back together. And I listen to audiobooks when I do that. So it's just, like, my happy place. It's my favorite place. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Language is a challenge when it comes to the words we use to describe race and racism. It's constantly evolving to become more specific, expansive, and inclusive. It's also constantly being co-opted or weaponized to undermine its effectiveness. Just look at what happened to the word woke. The word comes from the phrase, stay woke, a longtime rallying cry of the Black American civil rights movement. That cry was a reminder to Black Americans to remain aware of the injustices they faced and the dangers posed by white people. It was a warning against complacency during a time when complacency could mean death. Hi, this is Zoe Chance, author of Influence is Your Superpower. I wrote this book based on the class I teach at Yale School of Management, which is really popular because who doesn't want to be more influential? And the reason that I am so passionate about sharing these ideas and these tools is because influence doesn't flow to the people who deserve it. Influence flows to people who study and practice it. And I want to help inspiring, kind, smart people who want to make the world a better place, become more influential. The experience of recording the audiobook was really energizing. I had expected that it would be hard and fatiguing because this is what everyone had told me. And I had a great director. Barbara Vlahid was such an eager and kind listener on the other side, that it was like the experience of teaching a room full of people who are engaged and excited about what you're teaching them. So I had a blast. 
I'm proud that I was able to model inclusive speaking. And I wasn't pronouncing everything perfectly, but I went to great lengths to find out how to pronounce people's names and how to pronounce the many, many different words in many, many different languages, including Mongolian and Russian, Japanese, German, so many languages. And it was very difficult. But I hope that people who are native speakers of those languages and people who I have talked about in the book will hear me speaking their name or speaking their language and understand that I really cared about them. If I weren't the one narrating my audiobook, I would have wanted it to be my friend, Cheryl Hallbrook. She's from the UK. She has a fabulous British accent, and she absolutely loves me, and she would have done a brilliant job. An audiobook I've been listening to as I was preparing to narrate this book myself is called White Hot Truth. It's by Danielle Laporte, and she is the most incredible narrator of her own work. It's not that she sounds like a professional storyteller, but she sounds like your best friend, and you're there with her in a bubble bath, drinking wine, and having this discussion, and I just loved listening to her voice. I love listening to audiobooks when I'm doing something unpleasant, like dishes become fun or driving, even in traffic, becomes fun. And my most memorable time doing that was my very first job out of college. I was all excited to have a college degree, and I got hired to work in a factory cleaning the covers of audiobooks with a toothbrush. And so all day I'm listening to audiobooks while I'm doing the most menial, imaginable labor. And it was fun enough that I did finish the one day, but then when the manager told me, hey, in just three months, you'll probably be able to move up to the mailroom, I got so disheartened that I didn't show up for the second day of work. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Once upon a time, on an auspicious day in history, you were born. Influential. In fact, Influence was your only means of survival. You had no sharp teeth or claws to protect you. You couldn't run away or camouflage yourself. You didn't seem that smart yet, but you had an innate ability to express your desires, connect with other human beings, and persuade them to take care of you, which they did, day and sleepless night, for years. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.